think it was in our last visit, Paul and I talked about faith and the struggles of illness and the struggles of life. Paul was laying on the couch, curled up and in a bit of pain. But he quoted to me from Romans chapter 8, verse 37, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And I thought at that moment, I'm going to use that in his funeral message. And there it was written down in the list of Scriptures to use. <laughs> his funeral message. I was not surprised. There are really few, few passages more beloved than Romans chapter 8. Verse 28 is one of my favorites. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who have been called according to, the, to His purposes. We love that verse. It gives us hope in the midst of a lot of difficulties. Ten verses earlier in verse 18, that's where we read, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. That's an important verse. Not everybody gets that verse. Not everybody understands that. Not everyone has that mindset. Not everyone can look at their struggle, at a loss, at sickness, at cancer, and know that something better is coming. It, it, that Developing that mindset takes faith, it takes discipline, it takes devotion, but it can be yours, and, and it was Paul Honnold's. As I look through Paul's Bible, there's lots of sermon notes from Romans chapter 8. Matt, most of them are from Wayne Kent, uh, which that's fine. He's one of my favorite preachers too. Uh, the promises that the Apostle Paul wrote in, in Romans chapter 8 are, are promises that our friend Paul lived with. And so as we consider Romans 8, there are lessons here that both Pauls would want you to know. But they are lessons that don't come easy. But they are lessons that are necessary. When navigating the struggles that life throws at you and when finding your way, when finding your way with joy. Paul would want you to know that God has a bigger purpose for your life than just your health, than just your happiness. I have to say, Paul Honnold was a preacher's dream. Uh, Rich, so much of what you said, I could, I could amen. Uh, Paul was a cheerleader for preachers. Every Sunday, he was at the door with an honest appraisal of my message. Sometimes that was good. While. But as I look through his Bible, there's there's sermon. He marks down the sermon text and who preached it and when. And I, I don't know how many times he would meet me at the door and say, you've preached that one before. I'd say, well, Paul, there's only so much Bible. You know, uh, I've preached that passage before, but I haven't preached that sermon before. I, I had preached that sermon before. <laughs> Be honest with you now. But I would get emails from Paul. I, I send out an email. Tuesday and every Friday, encouraging email. Paul, Paul took those emails very personally. And he would send me back responses and tell me about the sermon and offer me encouragement. Whenever I would see Paul, he would ask, how are you doing? And then he would ask, how are you really doing? He always let me know that he was praying for me, praying for my family, praying for my son. And I know he prayed for, for many of you as well. We would often talk about how temporary our prayers can be. Even every prayer for physical healing, those are necessary prayers, but they're also temporary prayers. And so through his illness, Paul encouraged us all to pray for faith, pray for strength, pray for the courage to face these difficulties. 
to, to recognize God's presence even in the pain and to recognize that God has a bigger purpose for us than just our health, just our happiness. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way, what shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Paul held to that. But I think he did even more than just hold to that. I think he made it his personal mission for you and me to know that if God is for us, then Paul Honnold is for us as well. Uh, that, that he was for us because God was for us. I think uh, we knew that because Paul was a great encourager for us all. He was a great cheerleader for us all. I really think, though, in his heart, his greatest encouragement was reserved for his two sons. Matt and Mike, I cannot tell you how many times your father would talk about you and what you were doing, the jobs that you held, your families, your, your spouses, how proud he was of you. He spoke of you so often. And if you look through his Bibles, you will find note after note where he's written down what sermon was being preached on the Sundays that you visited or when he visited you. Uh, he, would, he, he has notes in there about when you were baptized. He not only wanted the very best for you, he looked for the very best in you. There's a lesson for all of us in that. I've found myself saying often that no one has ever complained that they got too much encouragement. You know? No one ever complains. That person's just way too encouraging to me. And, but how often do we hold back? How often do we not say something encouraging? How often do we think, well, we talk ourselves out of it. It's just silly to send a note. It's silly to send a text and, and say this or that. How often do we not send those notes? How often do we not say, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Maybe help turn people's attention away from their suffering of this present time and help them see the glory that is to be revealed in us. God has bigger purposes in your life than your health, than your happiness. Paul would want you to know that. He would also want you to know that the faith that you build today will nourish you in your time of need. I tried to find a word, just a word to describe Paul Honnold, and, and I tried out a lot of words. Farmer, you know, I thought farmer was a good word. And father, I thought father was a good word. Friend, but in the end, I, I think the word is faith. At the, at the heart of everything about this man was his faith. Not a faith because he belonged to a church, but a faith because he belonged to Jesus. Because Jesus was his. It was something that not only... He held on to, but he did not take his faith for granted. He, he nurtured it. He strengthened it. He took hold of his faith and made it unshakable. The Apostle Paul writes this in verses 33-36. through 36. He says, who shall, bring, who, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is, it, who is to condemn? Well, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. That's a difficult passage. But as I look at it, there's two realities that you and I need to hear, and, and but we need to hear both of them. No charge is brought against the children of God. The only one who can condemn us is Jesus Christ. And instead, He intercedes. He saves us. So nothing separates us from the love of God. But the second reality 
is that there is no promise of an easy life. You hear it there in Paul's quotation in verse 36, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. Faith is found living in the tension of both those realities. Faith is found in between them. That's where our faith grows. That's where our faith is nurtured. And Paul did not take his faith for granted. He, he grew it. He nurtured that faith. He, he worked his faith out. And again, his Bible is filled with notes in the, bar, in the margins. His, his Bible is filled uh, with bulletin articles. What did you call them, Rich? Bibladoo. It's like residue from church. It's Bibladoo. It's all those bulletins. that There were bulletins in there that I don't even remember making uh, that are in, the, uh, in there. There's bulletins from the old church. Uh, in his in his Bible, but he he filled his Bible with those. He filled his Bible with pages from his devotionals. Um, I visited with Paul last Monday, and as he's laying there, barely opening his eyes, but I haven't had the strength to have my devotions in two days. You hear that? I haven't had the strength to have my devotions for the last two days. He missed that quiet time in the morning, in the Word and in prayer. And I took his hand and I said, Paul, that's a well that you have filled for years. It's time to drink from that well. It's time to let it nourish you. And you know, Paul not only drank from that well of faith, he fed others with its overflow. I loved reading the stories from the grandkids, the stories that you wrote in Paul's 70th birthday book that you've put together. Memories, favorite memories of Grandpa. Natalie uh, talked about his adventurous spirit and doing dangerous things that Grandma would not approve of. That doesn't sound like the Paul Honnold I knew. Meredith uh, elaborated on that and talked about riding in the bucket of the tractor. And that he got everybody in the bucket and took them for a ride. And even got Grandma in the bucket. And Grandma said, I don't know what I'm doing in this bucket, but... He trusted Paul to get him in the bucket. Um, I'm told that John Michael loved going out to the farm on the, at the culvert and dropping pine cones and sticks in the creek and watching him run and racing the, the pine cones and the sticks. And That's a wonderful memory. And someday you get to teach your little brother how to do that. Okay, Someday you get to teach your little brother how to do that. Emily wrote this. Emily wrote, you're the best grandpa I could have ever asked for. He filled my childhood with so many fun and exciting memories that I will never, ever forget. That fun, that's another word that starts with an F. That fun is an expression of faith also. That fun, (laughs) riding in a bucket or taking you around in the bucket, that was born out of a trust in Jesus. Not just a trust that Grandpa knew what he was doing, but, but a trust that Jesus knows what he's doing. And while he was riding bikes or catching woolly worms or shooting guns, he was passing on his faith. Because more than anything else, what Paul Honnold wanted you to know is that nothing can separate you from the love of God. You know, in this, in Kansas, you can't say the name Paul without following with the name Joy. Paul and Joy. It's always Paul and Joy. Your friends on Facebook, it's Paul and Joy. It's always Paul and Joy. It's like peanut butter and jelly. They just go together. And Joy from the moment from that first moment in the restaurant uptown when he turned to your friend and said, what's your friend doing tonight? And he asked you out, sort of. You not only caught his eye, but you caught his heart. You two have been so close. So close that even your bikes are stuck together. That's kind of amazing to me. 
And I believe Paul's love for you was informed by his love for God. And at the same time, I believe his love for God grew from his connection and his love for you. The Apostle Paul concludes this wonderful chapter, this, this wonderful chapter with these amazing words that our friend Paul quoted to me the other day. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can separate us from the love of God? The very first enemy that the Apostle Paul negates is death. Not death. Not cancer. Not mesothelioma. Nothing can touch the love that God has for us. And that reality, which Paul focused on more than health and happiness. That's the reality he focused on more than health and happiness, which he nurtured as he nurtured his faith, which, brought, which was brought into sharper focus through the diagnosis and through the treatments through 13 long months. That reality changed his perspective. You know, I, I love the way Paul grew in the last... 13 months or so, and one of his favorite things to say, and I don't know how many times I heard him say it, the biggies just aren't biggies anymore. The things that used to, used to get worked up about, the things that used to upset him, the, the, the worries that he used to have, the biggies just aren't biggies anymore. And a diagnosis that would have sent some of us into a tailspin just drew him closer and closer to Jesus. Two weeks ago, I preached from Jonah chapter 2. I preached Jonah's prayer from the belly of the great fish. And Paul emailed me later and said, I'm in that dark belly. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. And that helps. Last week, Paul wrote a letter. He's been, both of you have been so wonderful to share this experience with the congregation. We needed it so badly. We need that kind of lesson. And Paul wrote a letter to the church for me to share. And in that letter, he said, if you are older, and he defines that as 50 plus, if you are older and have Christ in your heart, look to be a mentor to someone. Seek them out. If you are new in Christ or seeking, go look for one of these mentors. And you hear in that encouragement not only the strength that he found in his faith, but his desire for others to find that strength also. To pass it on so that everyone knows nothing can separate you from the love of God. Paul did not tell me to share from Hebrews chapter 11, but I'm going to anyway. Hebrews chapter 11 is that, that chapter we call the great hall of faith. And it's there in Hebrews 11 that we find our heroes from the Old Testament. Heroes like Noah and Abraham and Moses and David and Samuel and so many others. Men and, and people who lived by faith, who trusted God in, for something greater that they never saw. Something that they trusted would come later. And then chapter 12 begins with these words, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and the imagery right there in the beginning of, of chapter 12 is of those, those heroes of faith, Moses and David and Solomon and, and Samuel and the others, those, that, those who, who have gone on before us, filling a stadium. And down below, there's us 
living our faith out. Us with our struggles. And they are watching us and they are cheering us on. They are our cheerleaders. They are encouraging us. They want to see uh, that our faith is strengthened. And the chapter, chapter 12 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. That's what Paul wanted for you. My faith tells me that's what he still wants for you. My faith tells me that right now in that great arena in heaven with all of those cheerleaders from the uh, from long ago, there, there's another cheerleader in that arena. And he's joined that great cloud of witnesses. Hold on tight to your faith. Hold on tight to each other. And know this, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for Your presence and Your peace this morning. We thank You for the continuing comfort provided by Your Holy Spirit and the body of, of believers and friends that You have surrounded this family with in their loss. We place our trust in You as the righteous judge. And we commit our brother's body to the earth and we commit his soul to You. And we thank You for a life that was well lived, a life that approached the end full of faith And while Paul's absence leaves a hole in our hearts, he also leaves us with a great example of what it truly means to take hold of our salvation. And so in our moments of trouble and doubt, remind us of His faith. Remind us of His devotion to You. And may we find strength in what He modeled for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.